Grows, a podcast for Nebraska fruit and vegetable producers. My name is Carol Waters. I'm an extension educator in Cass County for commercial fruit and vegetable production. And with me this week is Dr. Christian Stevenson, professor at UN University of Nebraska-Lincoln in the Department of Agronomy and Horticulture. Hi, Christian. Good morning. So I know you are new to the state. Why don't you tell our folks a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, uh, you know, most people, when they first interact with me, can pick up that, that maybe I have come from a, a little bit of distance away. Uh, I am originally and, uh, and lived the vast majority of my life in Mississippi. Uh, particularly, I, I spent the past 11 years down in the very southern part of the state, uh, which would be Hancock County. That's the southernmost county uh, in Mississippi. I uh, lived about uh, 45 miles away from New Orleans. That gives people a pretty good reference for what part of the world I come from. Uh, and uh, I was down in the southern part of Mississippi working in extension. Uh, so I was in extension there for 11 years. Uh, and can I'll just kind of give a, a little bit of my background. My, my road to horticulture was a long and winding one. Um, so... I grew up in a, a very small community uh, in uh, in what would be, I guess, the sort of the east central part of Mississippi, a little town called Macon uh, in Noxubee County. Uh, and a uh, very small town, I think uh, about a thousand people, uh, pretty significant uh, Mennonite population there in, uh, in Macon. In fact, I went to a Mennonite school for first and second grade. Uh, we, we were not Mennonites. Uh, my, my father was not engaged in farming. He was a pharmacist, not a farmer. Um, but I, I have been told before that horticulture skips generations. Uh, so my grand, you know, so my first experience gardening was with my grandmother. She still had her victory garden, uh, from the 1940s. Um, and uh, so that was really my first introduction of uh, growing and, and helping her out. And I don't know how much I was really helping out in her garden, but I was certainly <laughs> involved in it in some way. I might have been more nuisance than help. Uh, but when I first went to college, I, you know, I, I majored in biology. I thought I was going to be going into medicine. Uh, that was just not something that, that really excited me. Uh, as I got further into my education, and I was uh, very fortunate to be able to uh, hear a lecture by and meet a, a, a fairly famous biologist by the name of E.O. Wilson. Uh, and anyone who's involved in entomology will will get that name. He's been uh, uh, very influential in that. And um, so I, I just got you know, a, a fire lit under me about bugs uh, and really interested in that. And so I went off to do a uh, master's degree in entomology uh, at Mississippi State University. <clears throat> and uh, while I was, you know, I, I was working on a project in soybeans, uh, working with uh, beetles and, and virus transmission by a particular beetle, uh, and I went on from there, uh, after I finished that degree, to start another program in plant pathology. Uh, so I was, uh, again, still working in soybeans and working with viruses uh, that affect plants. Though I uh, 
uh, probably did more mycology than anyone should be subjected to over the course of their life. Uh, I still have my books on uh, on uh, uh, fungal taxonomy that I, I try to hide and, and keep as far away from me as I possibly can. Um, but while I was doing that, I, I figured out working in a virology lab that you know, while I think molecular biology is, is really, really interesting, and the first time you sequence DNA, it is just an absolutely fascinating experience. Uh, I figured out that about the 10,000th time you do it, it, is, it, it loses some of its luster to me. <laughs> um, so while I was doing that, I was managing the greenhouse for the department. Uh, and so I had all of my, you know, all of the research plants I was taking care of, but I had stolen a section of the greenhouse and was raising roses and tomatoes and peppers and, and everything else. My, my major professor, Cher, um, let me get away with it as long as he got some of the vegetables and he got flowers for his wife. Uh, and that may have not been the best decision for him. It was a great decision for me um, because I absolutely fell in love with it. I, I was having a great time. Um, I left that program uh, and wound up going to work in extension uh, down in South Mississippi for 11 years. Uh, and and um, while I was working in extension, I was very fortunate to be able to continue my education and start a PhD program in horticulture. Um, is that just that 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 felt like home to me? Uh, and while I was in extension, of course, you know, extension has no limits, so. Uh, I worked with everybody from home lawns to cattle. I have no business working with people on cattle, <laughs> but, uh, um, but primarily work with community gardens and small scale uh, vegetable and fruit farms. Uh, and my PhD work was really focused on uh, looking at, at pest management strategies and the economics of that. Uh, for small-scale vegetable producers. Um, and so following that, uh, I was very fortunate to be offered a position here in Nebraska. Uh, it has been a, a very good transition. I'm really enjoying uh, the state so far. Uh, people are extraordinarily kind uh, and uh, will suffer through my accent as much as they are, uh, as they are able. Uh, but it's also been very interesting in uh, terms of, of the, you know, some of the differences between Mississippi and Nebraska in terms of the, just the weather and the, the, the processes of production here. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to be able to uh, both do some teaching here in the department, uh, as well as, as looking at research that is uh, focused on uh, making vegetable and fruit producers more successful here, here in the state. Great. Now, I know um, your research interest is in fruit and vegetables, and I know you also have um, some interest in regional food systems as well. So tell us a little bit about your research interest and where you expect to see that go in the next few years. Sure. Uh, so the, the idea of uh, vegetable and fruit production and regional food systems are, are, are really tied very closely together. Uh, for us to have a, a regional food system that is successful, we, we need successful farms. Uh, 
Uh, we need successful production of vegetables. We need you know successful production of fruit uh, because those are the the items. You know, when we talk about things that are you know that that are more perishable, uh, where quality is is much higher uh, when they're produced locally. Uh, you know that that's where we how we build our regional food system is by having successful producers. Uh, so a, a lot of my interest is looking at what we can do uh, to address the challenges that uh, that particularly my interest is in what I would consider smaller scale uh, production, um, what we can do to make those those types of production more successful. Uh, and you know that that starts with you know methods in in production, what we can do uh, to to get higher yields, what we can do to reduce costs, what we can do to reduce labor. Uh, how we can get producers into markets where they're going to be successful. Uh, you know, ultimately, you know, I think one of the things that we, we you know, we have to focus on just as a nature of uh, of where, where the challenges are is we need to, to look at economics as part of the, the process of, you know, any any practice we're looking at has to include that element. Because ultimately, you know, if, if we... Uh, you know, if we want successful farms, they need to be successful, uh, you know, economically. Um, but we also want to look at, you know, what we can do to reduce our environmental impacts, what we can do to make sure that we're building a good life for the people who are who are engaged in in farming. Uh, so there, there's a number of projects and a number of things that I'm very interested in. Uh, I think one of the challenges in taking on a new position is, is that, uh, I'm interested in a, in a great, great many things. There, there's all sorts of directions and all sorts of things that are really fascinating. Uh, and so, you know, you really need to kind of look at where, you know, where you're going to have impact and where you're going to be able to do things that are uh, practical and adaptable by, by, by the actual producers uh, in the state. So I, I want to kind of, uh, uh, take a moment, uh, you know, before I get into any specifics and, and talk about a little bit, I guess, the value of extension. And I think, I, I hope the value of my extension background. Um, I am unsurprisingly a huge believer in extension. Uh, you can't do that for 11 years and, and see the good that can come, up, come out of that without believing in the value uh, that comes out of having, you know, access to to people who are there who have no skin in the game other than making the producer successful. Um, and one of the things that I think is really important for me in kind of a, a reciprocal relationship uh, between producers and between extension and between people in positions like mine uh, is that it really gives an opportunity for producers to have a voice uh, in the sorts of things that we're looking to solve. Uh, so I would encourage, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're a vegetable producer or a fruit producer uh, and you're facing challenges, um, we may not, you know, we may have the answers and we may not, uh, but where we don't have the answer, that's where, you know, we can look at ways where, you know, I can engage in some research that can be responsive to what producers actually need. 
so one thing that I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I do as I adapt to, uh, to Nebraska uh, is make sure that I listen and make sure that I'm hearing you know, from producers and from the, the people engaged in the industry uh, what their needs are. So I'm going to talk about some of my interests, but I would encourage, uh, you know, that that if you are a producer, if you're someone who's engaged in, in, uh, in fruit and vegetable production, if you're engaged in the food system, I would encourage you to talk about those challenges uh, talk about the questions that you have with the people uh, in extension. Uh, if you see me at a field day or you see me at an event, uh, then I would encourage you to track me down, take me to the side and harangue me for as long as you need uh, in order to talk about what you are, uh, what you're experiencing, because that's how I think we, we build a more successful interaction uh, and we build a more successful uh, production system and a more successful food system is by having that reciprocal relationship. Uh, so that that's my big blurb at the at the beginning. Uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about some things that I'm, I'm currently engaged in uh, and some things that I'm hoping to do in the future. Uh, so uh, one project that I'm I'm currently engaged in. Uh, is you know looking particularly on the scale of small farms at diversifying our our production system. Uh, so I think one of the issues that we see sometimes in in agriculture, and I think this is more of an issue at the at the very large scale, uh, is is monoculture, uh, where you have one crop that is uh, you know, planted on a relatively large area. Uh, and that can lead to all sorts of issues in terms of buildup of pests or disease issues, um, soil issues that, that come along with that. Uh, so I'm interested in diversification of our cropping system. One, one way that I'm looking at, at, at that in, in this uh, kind of immediate uh, time uh, is looking at the integration of cut flowers into vegetable production. Um, the, the justification for that is, is really twofold. Uh, part of that is uh, because it, it has the potential for expanding production into another market. Uh, cut flowers are a high value product. They're something that, that can be sold locally. Uh, and sort of the environmental cost of, of the long distance transplant of some cut flowers is, uh, is, is pretty high. Uh, so if we can, you know, if we can shift some of that production into our, our local system, uh, we can provide a an economic benefit to producers. We can provide an environmental benefit, and that's a that's a win. Uh, but uh, another part of the interest there uh, is the use of those cut flowers as a uh, a way to promote populations of beneficial insects, whether those be pollinators or beneficial insects like uh, like predators or parasitoid wasps. Uh, so. Uh, that is some data that I'm currently collecting, and uh, that project will last for a couple of years, uh, so that I can uh, I can kind of get an idea of what the impacts of that are, uh, both economically and and looking at the the populations of those insect species and occurrence of disease uh, and insect damage in, in that production system. So uh, that's something that that's currently going on. Uh, in the uh, in the very near future, uh, I'll be uh, you know, one of the things that I've, you know, as I'm looking at you know issues, 
and looking at, it, the, at information that's available to producers uh, here in the state, uh, one of the things that I'd like to see more of are some variety trials uh, specific to uh, to vegetable production, particularly uh, fruit variety trials take a little bit longer, uh, but uh, we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> but uh, uh, we'll be starting uh, that uh, with uh, with some tomatoes, simply because tomatoes are a, are a very popular crop in in local food production. Uh, but I would really like to see that expand out to a, a much broader variety trial program. Uh, to address the needs for producers here in Nebraska. Uh, and it is my hope that I'll be engaging some of our extension educators. Um, uh, I'm springing this on Ms. Waters. She has uh, uh, no, no awareness prior to this that I'll be, uh, I'll be haranguing them about uh, wanting to engage them in variety trials. Uh, but that really gives an opportunity to, uh, to look at different sites across the state uh, and get some valuable data uh, that can, can really be something that is just uh, kind of a, you know has immediate utility for producers. Um, and so that that is my hope will be a, an ongoing thing. Uh, there are a lot of vegetable crops. We'll be trying to prioritize what is uh, kind of the most uh, uh, most important crops, but continuing on to address variety trials for a wide range of, of vegetable crops. Um, in addition to that, uh, just kind of a, another project to uh, throw out there, uh, part of my doctoral work uh, and a fair bit of my extension work was in high tunnel production. Uh, I think there's, you know, that's a, a really interesting growing system uh, there's a, there's a lot going on in terms of the environmental impacts of that uh, and the impacts on plant health uh, growing in high tunnels, uh, impacts on, uh, uh, you know, kind of going back to the, the entomology and disease issues that occur within high tunnels. Uh, and so there's a, there are a wealth of questions uh, that we can look at that, that kind of will help, you know, using that season extension technology uh, to, to make that more efficient for our producers here in Nebraska. Uh, one of the first issues uh, that I, I want to be looking at, uh, and this really comes out of my experience uh, growing in high tunnels, uh, is just that there's a lot of uh, stress put on the soil in those environments simply because you're, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of motivation to grow you know, really high value crops like tomatoes uh, like cucumbers, where uh, you know, rotation may not be as uh, as uh, adapted as as we would like. Uh, so one of the projects that I'm uh, hoping to be working on uh, is looking at some of the soil health and and plant health impacts of uh, of growing in high tunnels uh, from a sort of a, from the the plant side. That's uh, that, that's not extraordinarily complicated. You, know, you grow the plants and you, there are measurements of plant stress that can be taken and measures of productivity. Um, the sort of interesting side of that is, is getting more insight into some of the things going on in the soil. Um, uh, particularly, you know, the more we learn about, um, the more we learn about production, the more we learn about soils, the more we learn about the life that's present there in soils, uh, 
um, the more, you know, the bigger and bigger and bigger and more complex the picture gets. Uh, and there's been some, some really interesting advances in technology uh, that allow us to get a, a much better picture of what is going on uh, in the soil in terms of the, the microbes that are present that are beneficial to plant growth, uh, as well as microbes that are present that are, that are deleterious, uh, that, that are harmful to the growth of the plant. Uh, and so the, the project will be looking at, at production over a period of several years uh, and what impacts that has on, on productivity, but also what impact that has uh, on what's going on in uh, those soil biota, the, the living things, the fungi, the bacteria, um, the viruses that are present in the soil. Uh, all of that is important kind of painting a picture of what's going on. And the hope is that that forms a foundation uh, because we have to know what's going on before we can start fiddling around with it. Uh, so how we can change production practices, how we can do things that, you know, that promote the presence of beneficial biota, uh, beneficial bacteria, beneficial uh, fungi, uh, and reduce some of the issues we have with, uh, uh, with particularly, particularly with soil-borne pathogens. And uh, I was really interested, I got some preliminary data on that. Um, you know, as you're thinking about designing a study, one of the things that you do is you, you collect some preliminary data. You you go out and try it once or twice just to see what kind of things are there uh, so that you can, uh, you know, kind of you know, use that as part of the justification for what you're doing. Uh, if, if your presuppositions aren't aren't founded, aren't, aren't really kind of followed through by what you get, then you kind of need to rethink how you're doing things. Um, and uh, and the, the data that I got was, was quite interesting uh, in terms of the differences that we were seeing between high tunnel soils and, and field soils. Uh, and uh, much to my surprise, uh, you know, I, I expected that in the environment of a high tunnel, we would see uh, you know, because you know, the high tunnel we use for this has been in operation for a number of years, uh, I expected to see a you know, kind of a, a decline in uh, sort of the beneficial organisms that were present there. Uh, and what we saw was was quite the opposite. Um, so uh, I found that extraordinarily interesting. And, uh, you know, I think that the more we know about that, the more we're going to be able to make good production decisions. Uh, that will will positively impact. Uh, of course, the you know it's it's important that we positively impact the uh, those microbiota. Soil health is is absolutely critical. Uh, you know, and we think about the environmental impacts of production. Uh, but where the rubber hits the road is you know can I get more product out of this space? Can I get more value out of this space? Uh, by using some modifications of of, of our production system. I, I always try to keep that in mind that ultimately, you know, what I'm doing is attempting to make people you know, have, to give people the tools that will allow them to be uh, more economically successful. Great. I know you also are teaching some classes on campus. So tell us a little bit about what classes you're you're offering and and uh, 
how people might access that. Absolutely. So um, the, there, there's a, a number of courses that I'll be engaged with here in the agronomy and horticulture department. Uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the first classes I'll be uh, engaged with uh, is a class that's been offered here previously, which is the what we call our, our 133 lab or horticulture plant sciences lab. Uh, that is an introductory lab for horticulture students, and, and we get a lot of um, we get we get a lot of non-majors into that. Uh, so we get a lot of people who come in, uh, you know, looking at at last semester where I was engaged with that. We had some horticulture students, but we also had people from uh, ag education. We had a criminal justice student. We had a, a wide range of people coming in. Uh, and I think that's great uh, because I, you know, part of the uh, the value of that I think is the more people who have a feel uh, for for horticulture, uh, the the better we're all off. Uh, we we want to you know engage as many people uh, in uh, in diverse uh, careers. You know, if you're in criminal justice, if you're a lawyer, or if you're a uh, doctor or you're a mechanic um, and you know the more people who know about and and have a passion for uh, for horticulture the better uh, so that'll that'll be a really fun class uh, really gives them a, a wide ranging experience in in everything to do with uh, with horticulture production so we'll talk about specialty crop production uh, turf, uh, we'll talk about uh, you know, hydroponics and greenhouses. We'll talk about landscape design. So it's, it's really wide range. Uh, another class I'm engaging with is the edible landscapes class. Uh, that's a class I'll be working with uh, with uh, Kim Todd on, uh, and that really looks at you know sort of the you know mostly at a, at a homeowner level, but even up to kind of municipal levels. Uh, the design of landscapes that incorporate uh, food. Uh, that's something that I, you know, I worked with community gardens a great deal. I'm, I'm really uh, very supportive of that kind of modification of our landscapes to include more food resources for us. So that's uh, that's an interesting class, and uh, again, gives them an opportunity to be exposed to. Uh, you know, some things about how we operate in our environment uh, that, that you know, often we don't think about. I, uh, one of the things that I like to tell people when they, when they, when people engage in agriculture or engage with agriculture, um, you know, I, when I first got to grad school, I'm going to tell a story on this. Uh, when I first got to grad school, again, I, was, I had been a biology major. I'd worked at a zoo for a year and a half, something like that. Um, you know, I grew up in a community that had a lot of farms, but you know, my family, you know, uh, you know, my, my grandparents farmed, but my family really didn't. Uh, and so I, I got there my first day, my major professor, his name was Dr. Henry Petrie. Uh, he told me to go out to our experiment farm and collect, uh, 20 sorghum midges. Uh, little insect from from the sorghum field, and I said, you know, he showed me one of the insects so that I would know what I was looking for. And I said, all right, I, I have no problem doing that, sir. I will be happy to do that for you. I have one question: What does sorghum look like? 
Uh, so there, there's my story on myself that uh, that I had to ask. He showed, he was very kind. He showed me a picture. Um, so I, I was able to collect this organ. But, you know, so it's possible to be, you know, I was an adult, uh, at least marginally an adult, if you can call a, a 20, 21, 22-year-old an adult. Um, no offense to any 21 or 22-year-olds out there. Um, but... You can engage, you know, you can live your life. You can live in, you know, a city and not really engage a whole lot with corn or soybeans or, or sorghum or milo or, or sugar beets, uh, potatoes. Um, but you engage with agriculture through horticulture every day. Uh, so, you know, you're going to walk out. If you walk outside your door and there's a plant, you have engaged with horticulture. Uh, so that's one thing that I, I think is really kind of engaging, both about the 133 lab uh, lab class and about the edible landscapes class. Uh, but in addition to that, I am going to be uh, uh, developing uh, some courses as well. Uh, the first course that I am uh, I am developing and will be offered here uh, in uh, just a few more weeks at the start of the fall semester. Uh, boy, do I have some work to get done. <laughs> uh, and that is going to be a uh, what's called introduction to plant diagnostics. So, uh, Ms. Wal- uh, Waters, as an extension agent, you may be kind of familiar with this, but I, in extension for 11 years, had an entomology and plant pathology degree, was, was very familiar with plants. Uh, and so one of the things that was a, a frequent part of my life was either being brought a plant sample or going out to a, a production area and you know they were having some issue. Uh, it may have been an abiotic issue, it may be plant nutrition, it may be temperature, it may be light, it could be a range of, of you know, could be insects, it could be plant disease. And I would have absolutely no idea before I showed up what I was dealing with. Uh, but you need to come up with an answer. Um, and, you know, that, that I think also applies if you're, you know, if you're managing a farm or a nursery uh, or a, you know, whatever kind of production system it is, you know, you're, you're going to experience some issues, you know, into every life little rain must fall. Um, and, you know, so... It's important that you're able to be a, you know, able to kind of figure out what those problems are so that you can come up with the best way to address that. Uh, that has, a, I think, a lot of impact on, in terms of, of how successful you will be at, in your production. Uh, so the, the, the focus of this course really isn't on, you know, necessarily learning the ins and outs of entomology or learning the ins and outs of plant pathology. Uh, the students who come into the course are going to have had some exposure to the, those things. There are requirements they have to get through to, to get to the course. Um, but the, the, the real focus of the course is the process of diagnosing problems uh, in the field. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I liken it either to detective work or to solving puzzles. Um, but there is a, you know, kind of a, a series of questions or a process that you can go through uh, that helps you come to a, a good answer. 
Uh, and there's also, you know, a point where you have to acknowledge that in the field, you don't have the tools to, uh, to, to really positively diagnose what's going on. Um, and you're building some familiarity with, uh, with how to get those samples to the right people and, and what kind of tools they're going to use in a laboratory setting uh, to give you that answer. Uh, so that's introduction to plant diagnostics. I think it's going to be a really fun class. It's very hands-on. Um, they show up the first day and I walk in with a plant and say, what's wrong with it? <laughs> so uh, much like I was kind of thrown to the wolves when I when I first got into extension, uh, you know, I intend to, to give them a lot of practical experience and a lot of hands-on opportunities uh, and, you know, build that uh, you know, build that that toolkit of of skills, uh, but also give them the opportunity to gain experience and build some confidence uh, in in the process of diagnostics. And uh, you know, I'll tell them that you know I I did this for a number of years. I have a couple of graduate degrees in in topics related to this. Um, I'm supposed to be pretty good at it, <laughs> but I'm still uh, I'm still wrong sometimes. Um, so, you know, the, the judge, you know, the, the, I guess the, the thing that really counts for me in terms of what they take away from it, uh, is, is building that process, that systematic approach, uh, to, uh, uh, to doing diagnostic work. Uh, so I think that'll be really valuable for students and I'm, I'm really looking forward to teaching that class. Uh, another class that I'll be uh, working on, uh, is, uh, the organic agriculture course here at the uh, agronomy and horticulture department. Uh, that course has been offered uh, for a number of years by Dr. Chuck Francis, uh, who has retired. Uh, and so I am currently redeveloping that class uh, as organic and regenerative agriculture, uh, which you know, kind of will we'll, you know, start with the history of organic agriculture, talk about the certificate, you know, the, the actual management tools that are used in organic agriculture, um, the advantages and challenges that come with organic agriculture. Uh, and uh, part of what I'm doing with that, uh, I guess there, there's two things that, that I, I think are, I guess are significant. First, I wanna briefly uh, mention, uh, I've been very fortunate to receive some support uh, through the Organic Crop um, Improvement Association and their TOPP program. That's the Transition Organic uh, Production uh, Partnership. Uh, very, very fortunate. They've been very kind to offer some support for the redevelopment of this course, uh, along with some uh, work that's being do done in extension by Katja Kohler-Cole, uh, who'll be offering workshops related to organic agriculture uh, you'll also see uh, some workshops uh, being offered by the Center for Rural Affairs here in Nebraska uh, and some some uh, some offerings from the Grain Place Foundation, uh, all of which have been supported uh, through OCIA and, and through their top program. So uh, we're all very grateful for that support uh, and very thankful we're going to be able to, to use that to benefit producers here in the state. Um, so. Uh, one of the things that I'll be doing as a part of redeveloping the course is, is I want students to be able to see the range of production. Uh, so, you know, they, you know, I want them to see, 
you know, organic production on the scale of a, a homeowner uh, all the way up to, you know, kind of a large scale farm uh, and everything in between. Uh, and so one of the things that I'm doing for that is I'm, I'm talking to producers and I'm asking for their help um, because I have a really nice camera and a, a kind gentleman who is able to operate that camera um, because uh, I can I can fix a centrifuge, but if you ask me to point a camera at something, it's going to look bad. <laughs> so he's he's much better at it than I. Uh, so I'd like to thank Lou Chi Lee for his help. Um, so uh, you know you know you uh, so going out and collecting those videos, uh, you know, doing a little bit of kind of a farm tour style thing is is able to allow the students to really get a an idea uh, and a feel for the broad scope of, of organic and regenerative production. Uh, and kind of attached to that, you know, one of the things particularly is this is a, you know, kind of a higher, you know, the, the students have had a little bit more exposure to things as they come into this. Uh, you know, I really want to be able to provide the students with a broad range of perspectives uh, on organic production. I, I have my perspective that's, you know, you know, they, they don't get any extra points for agreeing or dis, you know, agreeing with me. They get extra points for supporting what they think. Um, so, you know, I want to be able to collect a, a wide range of, of opinions. Um, so if you're uh, absolutely supportive or, of organic and you'd love to, to be on video, you, you know, I would encourage you to reach out to me. Uh, if you think organic is the worst thing that's ever happened, I would encourage you to reach out to me. Uh, my my point my what I'm attempting to do is uh, doing what I call steel manning uh, all of the different perspectives. You, you don't argue uh, for a, a perspective by kind of uh, giving its weakest argument. That's that's the straw man. You create a a weak caricature of of an argument, then you destroy it. Uh, what I want to do is is construct the strongest argument on each side give the students the exposure to that and kind of allow them to, to develop their own perspective. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to, to that as well. I think that'll be a, an interesting course. Of course, you know, they're going to learn all of that management. They're going to learn about the certification process uh, in a really as, as hands-on a way as we can possibly get it for them. Uh, but I also want them to kind of be engaged with, uh, with kind of all of the, the things that go along with organic agriculture. Uh, and and regenerative. Uh, so uh, there will be some further offerings beyond that. I'm still discussing kind of what the needs are for the students uh, here in the department, and uh, and what will be the kind of the best addition to uh, the suite of courses that I'm offering. Um, that's what I have currently in the works. All right. Well, Dr. Stevenson, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's absolutely been my pleasure. Happy to come back anytime. Great. We'll definitely have you back in the future. And thank you for listening to Nebraska Grows. If you um, like what you hear, please like and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Thank you. Thank you.